Greetings, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me on Satiate today. I'm Sue Van Rays, functional nutritionist, food psychology specialist, author, and founder of Boulder Nutrition here in Boulder, Colorado. I also lead women's wellness and yoga retreats, both locally and internationally. Food has so much power. Power to nourish, to strengthen, and to connect us to one another. That said, it's a true rarity to find a woman today who is at peace with her plate, with how she eats, how she looks, and how she feels in her body. Satiate is here to engage in meaningful conversation about what it really means to have food and body freedom, to show up in life as who you really are, to trust yourself tracking the intelligent design of your body, and to prosper with embodied self-care in doing so. Satiate offers you functional nutrition and food psychology insights, some of my favorite special guests and experts from all over the world, and some personal insights and anecdotes that can act as salve for your soul. If you love this podcast, I would be so grateful if you head over to iTunes, subscribe, and leave a review. That way, you'll be sure to be alerted when new episodes are published and help me spread the word so that other women in need can find their way to this important conversation. Thank you so much for being here today, and I hope you enjoy today's episode of Satiate. I want to take a moment and introduce to you today's special guest, Michelle Hanna. Through her own life's medical challenges and overwhelming love for humanity and the health and well-being of women, she is an influential voice for women today. Michelle's family, education, and personality molded her for a life as a resounding voice for women, particularly in the areas of health and wellness, evidenced by her own fight against cervical cancer and HPV. She is a strong advocate for women and the 21st century medical and social challenges they face. Her remarkable spirit, determination, and personal experience are what makes her life's mission honed into respect for human dignity and social change. Michelle has also coached cancer survivors on how to live life beyond cancer and how to develop healthy relationships since 2004. Be sure to check out her two incredible books, The Self Vows, Seven Vows That Will Change Your Life, and The Breaking Point, A Full Circle Journey, Living Life Beyond All the Broken Pieces. Presently, Michelle has opened her own academy, Mikkel Relationship and Health Coaching Academy, which trains others in the second fastest growing career in the world, life coaching. I hope you enjoy today's episode and let's dive in. Michelle, it is so good to have you. And I'm so excited about learning about your work and what you do in the world and how you support so many women in changing their relationship with themselves. Thank you. I am, I am really happy to be here. Really happy to just be having this conversation this morning. Amazing. Well, as you know, I work with a lot of women around food and body and our relationship with ourselves is so integral in our healing in all of those different domains. So I'm really excited to be able to share your wisdom here today. Why don't we start with a little bit about you and how you came to do this work in the world? So, um, wow, such a long story, but I'll make it really short. (laughs) So what I do is um, I help people emotionally heal, whether you're single, whether you're a couple, um, connect deeper to intimacy and live authentically. Um, That is what I do at the foundation of it all. It is so important to me, this work, because my heart was hurt at once upon a time. 
Um, I needed to connect to intimacy deeper. I didn't even really know what intimacy actually was. Um, my parents didn't really teach me like the different intimacies because they didn't know. You know, they were like most people that thought intimate meant having sex, you know, or intimate meant, you know, being physical with someone. So terms like emotional intimacy, physical intimacy, spiritual intimacy, intellectual intimacy, weren't things that I really um, knew, but I was definitely on the path to find it out. So when I did, you know, just find out just so many beautiful things about why it's important to be intimate um, with yourself first before you can ever be intimate with anyone else. It was just like, you know, it's like a present that had been given to me. And I'm like, everybody needs to feel this. Everybody needs to know this. Um, so as I began to heal and grow and to evolve, um, it started to show up more and more and more in my work. So when I first started, I didn't start off like this, you know, but now I'm, I'm here and I know that this is the reason why I was born, uh, was supposed to be to basically help people heal from the brokenness, to show them a different way, to guide them uh, down a different path. And authenticity, lastly, um, has been another great gift to me because introducing myself to myself <laughs> has been really a beautiful thing. Um, I thought I knew, but I really just had a lot of learned behaviors, um, social media, media. Um, but when I really started to connect, and I don't even say reconnect because I don't think I ever had that feeling until I really started to um, you know, peel back the layers and really ask myself, do I feel that way? Do I believe that? What do I really want? And that was when authenticity began to just kind of breathe in my life. And now I know that authenticity will be something that'll be evolving till I take my last breath. It's, mm. it's just not a destination. It's really an evolution. I love that. Thank you for that, especially that last piece about personal inquiry and authenticity. Wow. I really agree that it's this constantly changing aspect of ourselves. And when we can get to know ourselves first and foremost, really deeply, that is such an amazing path to our own personal healing. But man, it is also so daunting, I think, because we come to ourselves with such critical eyes. And as we know, we are most of the time, we're our, our own worst critic. Yes. So diving into those layers beneath of that is such amazing work. And I love it. Yeah, which brings absolutely. me. Yeah, it brings me to my question that I'm really curious about. And that is you know, you work a lot with the concept of self-love. Mm -hmm. And I know that there are many different interpretations of that in our culture. And what I've found is that some of them are often really actually externalized, which doesn't really match with going deeper into a deeper knowing with ourselves. Um, and it doesn't really match with, you know, maybe having to spend money or something external to be able to demonstrate an act of self-love when it could be so much more inward. And I'd love for you to speak to that and how you define it and how you get around some of those more um, sur superfluous ways of expressing self-love, I guess would be one way to say it. Yes, absolutely. Um, this, by the way, is my favorite, favorite subject. Um, well, authenticity is too, but they go hand in hand. Um, so this is how I look at self-love. Self-love, you cannot have self-love without being in relationship with self-care. So self-care is vitally important 
what self-care looks like is um, what do you like that makes you feel good? So I love massages. I love the spa. I can stay at the spa literally all day until they wake me up and say, we are closing. So (laughs) (laughs) you need to go get dressed. But um, so, but it could be walking in nature. It could be meditation. It could be praying. It could be um, just being by the water because water is so healing and, and it's so calming, you know? So um, it, it is emotionally like taking care of you. It is being concerned about your well-being and having the self-awareness to know when something just is not quite right, something is off there and having the courage to actually admit that, to pause, to stop and to say, okay, what do I need to do? What do I need to um, maybe admit, acknowledge, and then what do I need to do to get back on the path of whether that's balanced or happy and healthy? And that could be the same thing even when um, it comes to our body. I literally just did a 21-day detox. Mm. And... Wow. Yeah, <laughs> right. is, oh, wow. Jeez. You know, I thought that it was so much about my body and I was focusing on my body and how this is going to cleanse my body. But what it ended up doing is it literally detoxed my being, like the way that I was seeing different things. And um, it also, you know, held me accountable to some things that I thought I had healed from, but there was still a little something there that was still left that I had to work through. It was a very emotional journey. And I started to realize how emotions and how our physical body, they really do connect, you know? Mm -hmm. So, you know, whether it's, I have cranial neuralgia, so that's extensive nerve damage. And I realized that my emotions are very much so connected to when I get in these episodes of pain. So that detox to me was absolute at its finest self-care, right? So then we move to self-love. Self-love is so beautiful because it's, you know, even if I do something wrong or I say something wrong or I betray myself, or maybe I even have abandoned myself in some ways. Um, Self-love still stands there and says, I forgive you. It's okay. We're still moving forward. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm here. If no one else is here, I'm here. I'm the cheerleader for you, even if no one else will cheerlead for you. I'm here rooting for you. Like I'm never, ever going to leave you. You could try to move to another state. A lot of times people move to another state to get away from their problems or to run away from their problems, but (laughs) you cannot run away from you. You take you even to the next state, right? So self-love and self-care, they go hand in hand. And honestly, some of us, before we, you know, get on the path of, oh my gosh, I need to love myself. I need to love myself. Let's start with like, how about we like ourselves? (laughs) I love that. What a great idea. You know, just like starting slow, learning to like ourselves and then progressing into that place where we can really show up a hundred percent for ourselves and be our biggest advocate. But I like the, this, that's, I think one of my harder points in some of the more cultural definitions of self-love is that it's like almost as if it's a switch where we can just turn it on and reverse some of those very old thought patterns and emotional patterns within ourselves that we've carried with us for our entire life. So slowing it down and learning to like ourselves and learning to stand by our own sides is such a, a more impactful and true way of cultivating something new in our lives. So thank you for 
Absolutely. Because, you know, when you think about it, when you start to first date someone, right, you start off liking them. And then, you know, it's, it's, you're getting to know, you're figuring it out, right? And then if things start to mesh, then you begin to fall in what we call love. You're falling into it, you know, and then you move more into a mature love of commitment and loyalty, you know, and compassion and all of those beautiful things that love connects to. Um, but I think you have to spend time with yourself in order to like yourself. So for those of you that are like, I don't know, it's weird to kind of go to dinner by myself or to kind of go to lunch by myself or, you know, a movie or, or just whatever, to do whatever you deem as fun. Some of you don't even know what you even like to do. It's been that long that mm -hmm. you've connected with yourself. So when you start hanging out with you, it, it's like you, you find this like new relationship, you know, it's, I love hanging out with me. I really, really do. Especially if I want to just go shop or if I just want to just hang out with myself and not really have a time frame. I'm just mm -hmm. being, um, sometimes we have a little pressure when we're with someone else because we're trying to consider them too. But when you're just with yourself, you're like, okay, I'm not ready to go yet. So let's stay, you know? So I think it really is like, if we don't know what we like to do, it's going to be really tough for you to be able to have a healthy relationship with friendships or with, you know, a, um, a significant other, or even with family. Um, I think it's, I think we owe it, you know, to ourselves and to others to really know who we are, or at least be on the path to know that. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, something I think that a lot of people feel very daunted by is creating that space for themselves where yeah. there is that quiet that can be so intimidating and I can relate to that. That's definitely been true for me at different times in my life. And now it's definitely swayed the other way where the weekend to myself or the afternoon, the house to myself, a trip by myself, all of those things just sound heavenly yeah. because I'm learned, I've learned to be more comfortable with that space. But it is something that I think once again, if you start slowly with that, it's going to grow over time instead of like, expecting to know how to navigate a whole lot of inner space by yourself. Yeah, so absolutely. Yes. Great point. Yes. Well, I love this idea of just cultivating this deeper relationship with ourselves really. And that that's the place where the self-love and the self-care that follows suit to match what it is we're actually needing is really going to become a lot more clear. Absolutely. So I'd love to know, since you work so closely with women um, around this topic, where do you see most women having challenge around self-love and various aspects of that? And how, how do you support women in creating more authentic self-love in their lives? You know, I, I think the most um, significant challenge that has stood out to me is the fact that women have like list upon list upon list. The problem is most of the time women don't even make their own list. They're not even on the list. There sometimes it's not even a thought to put yourself on the list. So a lot of times when I'm speaking to women, they'll say, I don't have time. I don't have time. So then I say, okay, let me see your list, you know, that you have like every day. Oh my gosh, the list changes. Okay, well, let me just see an example of one. So they give me the list, right? And everyone's taken care of. The kids are taken care of, husband's taken care of, um, or with single, you know, um, mothers, all the other things that they need to make up for that they don't have a person there to do. Um, the bills, the cooking, 
um, the picking the kids up from school, just so many different things. And then of course, you know, their job, their career. And nowhere on the list, they're there. Not even to take a 20 minute bath. That can be amazing. But they'll say to me, I don't have time to do that. So as I look through the list, I says, yes, you do. Yes, you do. Because you have time here. Well, no, that's not that much time. It doesn't matter. You got to get it in where it fits in. I don't yeah. care if it's like 15 minutes here or 15 minutes there. You should at least have at least, and it pains me even to say this because I just think it's we're cheating ourselves by just giving ourselves an hour a day. But if we have to start there, let's at least just start. It's almost kind of like the liking yourself thing. Let's just start with something. So at least figure out an hour. Um, that hour is supposed to be for you. So I have one parent, which I tell her, she puts a little uh, scarf on the door. So then her son knows when he sees the scarf that mommy, that's mommy's time. And so he knows that house on fire, I'm sick, you need to go to hospital, 911, whatever the case may be, you know, that's an emergency, you know, then you can knock on the door, but that is mommy's time. And so that has worked very well for her to just, she hadn't taken a bath in, I mean, she's taking showers, you know, but <laughs> she taken yes. a bath, you know, um, in years. And now that's like her favorite thing to do. She will not betray herself at all. Like it doesn't matter what's going on. She is going to get her bath in daily of all the things she loves. Like she loves candles. She likes candles that smells good. She likes certain scents and she can do that when she's in the bath and she can just be, she can just feel special. I also think 15 minutes of fun is important because when we think about fun, we make such a big deal about fun. But when you talk to people like, you know, all day, it seems at times like I do, 15 minutes of fun is looking in a magazine with pretty pictures or pretty like traveling uh, wishes, sites, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, that mm -hmm. I want to go and not reading anything because I read so much. So I don't want to read anything. Fun to me is just taking that 15 minutes. I could literally just be in a different place and it picks me up. That's my 15 minutes of fun sometimes. So it doesn't have to be anything that's that's major um, right. or that even sometimes we even have to leave our house, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so I think that that's really important because fun makes you feel alive. It sets your soul on fire. You you smile, you laugh, you know, you're, you're connected. So um so yeah, I would say that that is the biggest challenge is just not even having the thought to make yourself right. a priority. It's so interesting that you mentioned that because um, when my kids were both at home and a little and younger, they're both in their twenties now. Um, I was single mothering, and for all of for twenty years, my youngest was only one when that started happening, and I learned that if I could get up 15 or 20 minutes before them every day, yes, especially during the week, I yes. would make my tea. I would sometimes journal or meditate or do some tarot cards or whatever it was. It wasn't making school lunches. It wasn't getting breakfast ready. It wasn't doing all those things. It was this 15 or 20 minutes in the morning. That was just for me when the house was quiet. I swear it saved my entire single mothering career. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's like the magic key that kept me sane when things were rushed and busy and sometimes overwhelming and chaotic. Yeah. And that, that 15 minutes in the morning was the ticket. Um, my most sacred time of the day. So we are busy and we all have our many different reasons that we could name that keep us from spending time with ourselves. But 15 minutes can be impactful if it's, you know, yes. getting your toe wet. I love to have a lot longer than that now, <laughs> but my life has changed. So I have a little more space um, 
So it makes it much easier. Absolutely. I'd like to give um, your listeners um, something, just a a tip on uh, that subject that I think is really uh, a good tip, you know, and it connects to what you just said. Make the sacrifice, get up 15 minutes earlier. Here's what I want you to first do. This is your time that you have your do-over. This is like, I'm telling you, this is my most exciting time of the day because it's it's like I get to choose to reset and rebirth over and over again. I can literally wake up and do it differently. Like that just gets me so excited. Like literally just in that, that's fun for me because, you know, it makes me feel so good. Um, and it I doesn't agree. keep me connected to being stuck in the past of what didn't happen or what maybe I missed the mark on. So that's the first thing you're going to do. And that looks like is that if it's forgiving yourself, forgive yourself. So you're going to tell yourself, so it'll sound like this. I forgive you, Michelle, for not taking as much time as you could have taken yesterday. You abandoned me, you know, and I felt some kind of way about that, you know, but I forgive you and I love you. And then the next thing that you're going to do is because here's the interesting part. We love hugs from other people, right? But then when it comes to us hugging ourselves, we look like, wait, what? You want me to hug myself? Uh, Yeah. I want you to do it first to you. And then we extend that to someone else. So you can't see me right now, but if you take your arms and you basically just you know, spread them out as far, as far as you can go. It's a great stretch. I can feel it now. It's a great stretch. And then as far as you can go, and then you're going to bring it all the way back into yourself. And you're going to wrap your arms around yourself as, as, as far as you can go. You cannot tell me that there is something so beautiful and so just it, it it feels so comforting and so cozy that anything and everything that you have been through oh my gosh your arms are wrapped back around yourself that has went through all of these things in life the overcoming the pain the emotions all of it is in that great big hug right back to you that you get from you And then this is where I want you to do after you do that, because you're going to be feeling good at this point. You may even shed some tears because it can be very emotional. Five minutes of just stretching. Now, you know, when we get to a point where we're in our late 40s and I'll be 50 next year, but when we get to that point, I don't know where these pains come from. I, I am just completely baffled by how I can get out of bed. And I'm like, wait, why is my back hurting? Why, why are my shoulders hurting? So stretching is really good because it gets that energy, that energy moving through us, right? You're only going to take five minutes. That's all I'm asking you. Five minutes, five more minutes is going to be in meditation or prayer, whatever you do. Sometimes I just like to say a prayer of gratitude. It's not about me asking for anything. It's just about me being so thankful. I'm a cancer survivor and I'm still going through a very painful nerve um, situation and what I talked about in the very beginning. Mm -hmm. And I'm thankful that I can still walk. And on the days that my body is speaking to me and uh, instead of me being mad at it, like I used to be, I then become very patient. And I talk to what, what do you need from me? What do you need right now? I'm here to serve you. What do you need? And that may sound a little weird to some people, but it works for me Mm. because I realize that we have to communicate with our bodies. The last five minutes And this is the finale, okay? I want you to get out a piece of paper only for five minutes. And I want you to be very intentional about how you want your day to go. So if you want your day to be peaceful, that might mean that you might have to send the phone to voicemail on some callers because you know that they may not bring peace. (laughs) what you you need in that day right 
So I want you to be very intentional about your day because what happens is, is when we're not intentional and we rush out the house and we are just rushing here, rushing there, the whole day's like that. We just feel like, oh my God, I got to do this. I got to do that. And, and we're not settled when we're intentional about our day. Our day is always so much better. So that five, five and five, I want you to try it. You know, I know it's going to be wonderful for you. But, you know, get up 15 minutes earlier and and I, I think you will really have a treat. You'll see your life change for the better. I absolutely agree. I would love if we could just recap those five, five and five just for the listeners so that they can ensure they got all of that. There was so much in there. Sure. So can you do a little recap for me? Sure. Okay. So the first thing you're going to do is you wake up in the morning, you give yourself a do-over, whatever that do-over is. And if you don't feel like you need a do-over, that's fine. Just give yourself some love before you start your day. Five minutes of stretching, five minutes of prayer, of gratitude, of meditating, five minutes of being intentional about your day. So that's when you're going to get a piece of paper, grab your pen and just write down how you want your day to go. I love it. So succinct, very, the time doesn't have to get too far out of control and manageable for what people have going on in their busy mornings. And I love each of those components and I use them a lot in my own world, in my own life. And when I don't, for some reason, I notice a really big difference in yes. how my day goes. I just feel a little bit more ungrounded. I feel like I'm not really as clear on what to focus on. Yes. And it really, it just kind of makes me feel scattered, to be honest. So I think that um, I totally agree with you. And this is such a great formula that we can share with everyone. Um, one of the things that I've noticed in your work that you refer to a lot that I would love to hear more about is what you call the four Bs. And I know that it's been integral for your own path, but also something that seems like major pillars in the work that you share in the world. Would you be able to speak to the four Bs for me? Yes, the four B's, my foundation for everything. <laughs> okay, I thought so. <laughs> you know what? I thought that when I wrote my first book and I um, was living the four B's and when I got to break out, I was like, okay, I'm done. It's over. I made it through. Uh, no, the four B's will be in my life forever. <laughs> so what those four B's are is break up, break down, break through, and break out. So let's go back to break up. What does that mean? That means that somebody is always breaking up with you or something is always breaking up you or you're breaking up with someone or breaking away from something. But what I get the most resistance on is when I say this part right here. When you have to break up with self, when you have to break up with self. Okay, so Michelle, how do you break up with self? What do you mean? I can't break up with myself. Oh, yes, you can. You can literally make a choice to say, I am ready to break up with the things that don't serve me anymore. I'm ready to break up with the toxicity that is within me. Because sometimes it's not the other person, darling, it's you. And so sometimes we have to break up with those things that are not connected to our happy, that mm -hmm. are not connected to our well-being. You know, um, even when it comes to food, sometimes we we the the good stuff is the bad stuff. <laughs> you know, I'm not saying that <laughs> everything because now I'm learning how to eat much better. I thought I I had. Um, had a pretty clean diet, but um, sometimes our body is just so unique and we need what we need for our own 
body. So sometimes it's breaking up from what we're putting even into our bodies. And that is so hard when you are a foodie, ladies. It is so hard. But, you know, just like anything, right, is that we know we need to do what is best for us. Maybe not what's best for the person next to us, but what's best for you. Just because the person next to you can eat pizza and not have a problem with it at all two, three times a week. Well, if you have a problem with cheese, you're not going to be able to do those things like the next person does it, right? So break down. Break down is surrender. That's when you are literally down in the valley of the experience of whatever you're going through. And I, I, I have been asked, you know, um, well, where does healing come? Does it come in the valley of the experience or does it come at the, at the mountaintop? I believe it comes in the valley. Because the valley is where you learn the lessons. That's when sometimes you have to crawl and then you'll start walking a little bit and then you'll start jogging a little bit and then you have a little run to you, you know, going up that mountain. But breakdown is the surrender of it all. It's the surrender of I surrender to the lessons. I surrender that I'm not okay right now. I surrender that I'm scared. I'm surrender, I surrender that I don't have the courage to do the things that, or I don't feel that I have the courage to do the things that I know that I need to do. So breakdown um, used to be my least favorite, but now <laughs> I think as I evolve, it has become actually my one of my favorites because it's where I really, really learned the lesson and I get to dig deep. And like you said, but it is daunting. <laughs> it is a daunting task, I tell you. Breakthrough. Breakthrough is when you are ready to face your pain and your fears and trust and believe. You can say all you want to. I'm ready. Yep, I'm ready to face it. But there will be tests that will come that We'll, we'll, we'll say, oh yeah, are you really ready to face it? And then once you are really ready to face and overcome the fear and the pain, that's mm -hmm. when we have breakthrough. And you can't spell through without spelling rough. So, oh, it is going to be rough. It's gonna be rough sometimes. But when we have that feeling of breakthrough, oh my gosh, that's self-love because we're like, you did it. You did it. You did it. That's not a cheerleader from anybody else. You're your own cheerleader. It's like we did it because we know we did the hard way. No one knows but you really what you go through mm -hmm. in your journey. That's why we all have some powerful stories because we know we've walked it. Now, breakout is breaking out of the past, all the things that you've been through, not saying that you that it doesn't come to your mind, not saying that sometimes you're even triggered by it, but you're breaking out of the mindset of what you had back then. You're not looking in the rear view mirror constantly because what happens when we continue to look through the rear view mirror, we can have a crash. And sometimes that crash is fatal. You have the windshield, the, 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 the biggest window there, look forward because it, it's so much clearer, okay? And then once you break out away from that, then you have to break in to your purpose. So you break into your purpose. Now, sometimes when we know what our purpose is, we get all excited, but actually I caution you to calm so that whatever that purpose is, you will know which way in terms of channeling, which way you need to go. You might say, oh, my purpose is to help people. Okay, that's great. But how? But who? <laughs> you know? And then the last part, which is break out again. And that is the unleashing of your purpose. See, it's one thing to break into your purpose. Oh, now I know it. Now I know what my purpose is. But now you got to break out 
in terms of unleashing that and channeling mm -hmm. it in the way that you, I believe, in the way that you were uh, born, you know, that the reason that you were born and, and how you need to channel that purpose. So yeah. th that's the four Bs. And that's why I say it's a, it's a lifetime. There would be no self-vows if there was, was not a four Bs. It's at the foundation. Yeah. It's amazing that each of those phases is such distinctly unique in yeah. its own way yeah. and necessary for growth. Yeah. And I love that we can like distill down some of those unique points in each of those different phases. But one of the things that you said that really stood out to me was looking at how we can basically align our purpose with that outward expression of how we are showing up in the world. And I think that's where so many of us get lost or confused because what we're working with on the inside is not always matching what we're doing on the outside. Yes. And that aligned action, I think is the word I'd love to use for that. Um, or, you know, matching your inside with your outer world, which is yes. not always easy is, is a great reminder for us to, keep coming back to what that truth is within us in that conversation with ourselves. So, yes, I love absolutely. it. That was a great point because um, something that I just thought about is that if we are dealing with a lot of brokenness that's inside, I believe wholeheartedly that we attract, you know, definitely things about who we are. And so, if we're dealing with a lot of brokenness and we haven't reached a point in our life where we're able to, um, or we're, we're aware that we need to change that, we need to acknowledge that, we need to get some help, you know, for that to, to, to go through that, um, that, that journey, you know. What ends up happening is we then, I really feel that we cheat just humanity out of the beauty of whatever our gift is and who we are when we don't tap in to let me heal this part of me. Let me acknowledge this happened to me. Like, cause sometimes, you know, people that have been abused they completely just block it out or to try their best to block it out. And they don't realize that when they show up in the world, they're still operating from a place of being abused because they never really dealt with it. They never really leaned into uh, what that felt like and, and, and the hurt and the pain of it, right? Because when you do that, what ends up happening is something so beautiful. What was something that was so bad in your life or you felt that was just so bad, it was the worst. It ends up being the thing that actually helps other people yeah. to pull through, to get through, to learn from what you have been through and to say, wow, she did it. I can do it. Yeah. You know, and then that's when purpose is, is being used in such a healthy way, because sometimes we, we, we may not even know what our purpose is or even connect to it because we're still in that place of brokenness mm -hmm. and you won't really, um, I feel like, the world is cheated out of knowing like that, that beauty about you and your purpose being unleashed in the world. If you don't acknowledge and um, get to a point of self-awareness that you do actually need to, to heal some things or to acknowledge some things or to work through some things. Absolutely. It's definitely message that we get a lot from our society, I believe, 
and all the different outlets that we get, you know, social media connections and the various places that we hear messages in our daily lives where it is implied often that we need to show up as perfect and having it all together and keeping everything working like clockwork in our lives. But those teachers and those inspirational speakers and writers and people that I have in my life over the years who show up vulnerable with what they've been through in the messiness, in the authenticity, in the realness of the different ways that we all suffer. Yes. It's a completely different experience to hear that and to feel that it's like permission for us to show up that way too. Yes. And so it's, uh, it's one of those things I think that when we really break it down, it, it becomes clear that what we all really want is authentic connection. Absolutely. And yet here we are glazing over and Photoshopping our lives, so to speak, so that we can show up looking a certain way. Um, And it's just so ingrained. It's, it's a great reminder to start to peel away those layers of our beliefs and rewrite them. Absolutely. Absolutely. I I just really resonate with that um, in terms of showing our woundedness, you know, our vulnerable, just being vulnerable. Um, I think it, like you said, it, it literally gives somebody else permission to say, that's okay for me to do and to not be afraid to ask questions, to yeah. ask for help. You yeah. know, um, I just think that's so powerful too, is because sometimes uh, we walk around for whatever the reason um, and we think, well, I don't want to ask that question because I'll sound dumb or, you know, um, everybody else in the room looks like they know, but I really don't understand Um, because you don't know. It could be 10 other people that's thinking the exact same thing and wishing somebody would please ask the question. So yeah, that's, that's great. I also, Hmm? I want to just say that I think there's a in due time clause that I just want to, you know, kind of add on here because sometimes when we're going through something, it's so raw and it's not the right time to share if we Mm -hmm. are feeling like we are in that very raw and tender place within ourselves. And so I've always kind of had the idea that I can give myself the time I need to get to this point where I've processed for the most part, whatever is going on. And then I can share in a way that feels really authentic. Sometimes doing that too soon can be a little overwhelming to the system. Absolutely. Absolutely. I I totally agree with you. Um, And that was the reason why I literally just touched on the detox just a little bit because I'm processing a lot right now. And so many of my um, my close circle of friends, they want to know. They are literally, well, what happened? Well, tell us. Well, you know, and I get it. But I literally had to just stand in my truth and say to them, I'm not ready yet. I'm on a whole nother journey. I know you guys are used to me saying that, <laughs> but I just need a minute. Yeah process all of this because there's some things I just don't understand and I'm way emotional about it and I just need a minute to figure it out. So that is so true is that we we have to give ourselves time to process and we also have to be with patient with others and give them that time. Absolutely. So I know that your book and one of the very pinnacles of your work comes from the self vows. In fact, your book is called the self vows, Mm -hmm. the seven vows that will change your life. And I know this is so integral with what you teach and in your workshops and retreats and things like that. Um, I'm sure as well as one-on-one with women. So 
I'd love to know more about those and how you use them. So the seven vows are actually, um, I took the traditional wedding vows. Um, there's actually the vows, which is a book for, um, that I wrote that was a book for couples. But what I realized is that the common denominator, we're talking, you know, in over like 800 couples, I realized that the common denominator was that they didn't take their own self vows. And I was thinking to myself, would have been great if I known this probably about 15 years ago. <laughs> this would have made everything a lot more easier. Yeah. However, it was supposed to happen when it happened. It happened at a time that I was ready to receive it. So the self-vows is you taking those vows to yourself first, considering that before you ever extend that to anyone else. And let's say you say, well, I didn't take the traditional wedding vows when I got married. I just, you know, we, we did our own personal vows. That's okay. You can still embrace the concept. So I'll give you just one um, quick example. The first vow, um, to have and to hold from this day forward. Do I have everything about myself? That doesn't mean that I'm not, that I don't know that I need to change some things. That just means that I'm accepting where I am in this moment, that I have everything about me right now. I'm not going to do the negative self-talk. I'm not going to tear myself down. This is just where I am right now. And that's authentically okay. To hold, when we talked about that, about that hold, that hug, that big hug, that support, that to hold is to support, to support yourself, be your own greatest cheerleader. If you cannot do that for yourself and you're looking to other people to do it, first of all, that's too big of a responsibility for someone else. And, and maybe they don't have the capacity that you may need in that area. So when it comes to you, you know you have the power to give you what you need. From this day forward, that means I'm not going to stay stuck. Sometimes we like to kind of stir in the, the things that happen in life, whether it's anger, frustration, whatever it is. But I am going to make a commitment to myself to move forward. See, if I can do that for myself, if I can forgive myself, if I can connect to the positive instead of connecting to the negative of what I don't have every single day, right? Then when I am in a relationship, if that's because we don't, we, we all don't need to be in a relationship. I'm saying if that's what you choose and you're in a relationship, it will help you when you are married and you need to forgive or not married and you have a partner and you need to forgive quick and love harder. I'm telling you when you are in a relationship, just get ready to forgive a lot. Okay. So if you cannot do that for yourself, you are going to have a lot of arguments and a hard time in a relationship. So that's just one vow. All of that, we have to now start to break down in just that one vow. So mm -hmm. basically the book takes you through exercises, some amazing stories, um, and it it holds you accountable. I, for the um, the women sometimes that, and men, because men have taken the self-vows too. The first chapter there, this is the, the word that I always hear. Woo, wow. <laughs> because it's, it's questions that you never have asked yourself. You never even thought to ask yourself. So it's a way that I guide you into introducing you to you. And I take that journey with you. Now, listen, nine to 12 weeks is not going to be enough 
for some of us that have been on this earth for 49 years, okay? So I'm not saying that at all, but it gives you the foundations and the tools to say, okay, this is what I need to implement. Here are some exercises I need to implement in my life daily because this is what it actually means to me. And everybody is different. Even though the exercises are the same, it's implemented differently in everyone's life. And um, so that's the, the, the book and then the program, which is like I said, nine to 12 weeks. And then we have a retreat. Now that is my favorite thing to do because I am a giving person. I love to see smiles. I love to give. I love to see people um, relax. Oh, I love to spoil people. I love to just love people in a place that maybe they've just never received that. That sets my soul on fire. So um, the retreat um, we we did do the retreat only like one time a year and then it moved to two times and now we're at to four times and I'm I'm saying in my heart that that's let's we can't we can't do more than four times a year so we have one that is coming up in January that one is full and then the other one that'll be at the end of March uh, which will be in the Bay Area so we're really excited about that one and then um, our next one will be coming up in October. Well, yeah. it's very inspiring to hear that you are offering this to our society and to women in our country and beyond because yeah. it's so needed. It is, yeah. it's, it's kind of like an emergency <laughs> um, as far as the the ways in which, you know, we, most of us as women set up our lives um, without that time and space for ourselves. So I'm so glad that you are showing up and offering a way in a container where self-love and self-care can be so integral to your daily life. Um, yes. And, you know, I know from working with groups of women myself, especially on retreat, that there's this possibility of just diving in so much deeper when we have that space carved out. Yes. Um, and it always blows my mind to see how deep people can go. Sometimes even within a day, it's, you know, people are, are diving in inward to themselves. Yes, absolutely. It, I would like to say that um, we have found just through our, you know, surveys that, Women that actually did the program before they went to the retreat, they, um, I, I, I don't want to say that they had a better experience, but their self-reflection was so much more um, alive, mm. you know, it, it really, because going through it, you know that when we have the ceremony and you're taking yourself vows, you feel every word of it. Now, people that didn't take it, take the program before um, and that have taken it like as a aftercare, um, some of them have had total different experiences where they said, no, I'm glad I actually went right. and right. I was introduced. And then I took the program after because I was ready. I was really ready to jump in and I wasn't like hesitating. So everybody is, um, is different, you know? Absolutely. Well, it's great to just be able to connect with you because I just feel like your work is so needed. And I know so many of my clients in my own life, I've also struggled with just prioritizing myself, taking care of myself, loving myself unconditionally giving ourselves a break from what we consider to be the way we should be versus how we truly are and whatever it is we're going through. So thank you so much for joining me today and sharing your wisdom and also just for being out in the world, actively supporting this mission of women taking care of themselves, loving themselves, prioritizing themselves and advocating for themselves. Um, it's so needed. And it's such a, such a joy to chat with you and have you on the show. 
Yes, it's been such a joy to chat with you as well. And I just want to commend you on the work that you are doing. It's just so wonderful when you find another soul that's aligned with what it is that you believe and that's excited about it just as you are and that gives of themselves, which is not easy. So thank you so much for just doing this and, and, and showing up for all the women that you do show up for. It is absolutely a, a global uh, purpose for sure. Wonderful. Well, I'm so touched by your words and thank you so much. And I can't wait to share this with our listeners very soon. Yes, me too. (laughs) It is such an honor to spend time with you here on Satiate. And may this conversation be of benefit. From my heart to yours, I wish you health and happiness for the coming season And may we meet again here very soon. Take good care.